name's Eric Matoya, Pastor of the Grove. If you don't know me, we're glad you're here. And uh, we're looking forward just to this last part of the series, Better Than That. As uh, we began to prepare for it, we knew the election was happening, and we we're trying to give some tools to be able to help us to respond in a healthy way. So although it wasn't a political message, it's been very uh, timely where it ties into um, a lot of what's happening and going on. And so before we start, I want to say th- uh, welcome to all those listening to the podcast, watching on Facebook Live, uh, listening to the, to the message today. We're glad you're here uh, with us. And uh, we, um, uh, we're excited about this. We said this about the series, better than that. We said that circumstances, they don't create the condition of our heart. Circumstances reveal the condition of our heart. So when we find ourselves in any given circumstance, whether you like what the outcome of what's taking place this last month or you don't, uh, those circumstances don't create all of a sudden your condition of how you feel and what, what's going on inside of you. All it does is reveal what's already been there. Um, so people are, are proud and excited and all that. That's, it's always been there. If they're very angry and emotional, all that, it's always been there. It's just exposing what's already there. So whenever we find ourselves in circumstances and situations we don't like or do like, we need to pay attention because it's revealing something that's, that's deeper there. And so for this series, if we want to live a better than that life, we have to pay attention to that and understand that our heart is really, really important. Uh, so many scriptures talk about our heart, how we have to pay attention to our heart. So the first, the first message we said God has a better dream for our life. So whatever dream you have for your life, he has a, a dream that's better than that. Uh, he, we said that God has better action for our life, that whatever kind of impact you want to make on this world, that, that as great as you, the impact you think you can make, that we can say that God has more impact, better impact, better impact than that that you think of. And then last week, we talked about better outcomes. Uh, that in, we all want good outcomes in life. We want to be successful. We want to, we want to uh, accomplish good things uh, you know, as we prepare for the future. One day we want to wake up and realize, wow, we've accomplished everything we put our, our heart to, our hands to. That would be a great thing to wake up to. And we said, well, God has outcomes that he wants us to, to do that are going to be successful. And if we focus on the right things. So we said this about last week, better outcomes. We said that a negative mind will never give you a positive life. So if you have the right inputs in your life, you'll have the right outputs and you have the right outcomes. Um, but if you have negative always coming in, we said, you know, garbage in, garbage out. If you always have the negative coming in, you will always have negative coming out. You'll have stuff that's not healthy, not good. We said don't settle for good enough because God has a better outcome for your life, better than that. We said if you focus on the right inputs, the right decisions, the right choices on a daily basis, you will always get the right outcomes. So if you focus on the right little, the details consistently, you'll, you'll start seeing that you're going to have the right outputs. We, we compared it to the principle of the path that, that, that God and Solomon said, um, if you acknowledge God and you, you let him direct your paths, he's going to get you on this, on this road that's going to give you great outcomes. So trust in the Lord with all your heart and, 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 and follow him and he'll get you on the right outcome. So that was better outcomes. And we talked about how uh, the story of Nehemiah, we've kind of pulled some principles out of the story of Nehemiah to help us with this, to understand that God has a better vision for our life, a better dream. He has better impact and action and he has better outcomes. And so we're going to continue on thinking about this. And uh, the, the thing with Nehemiah is um, they, they accomplished the wall, building the wall in 52 days. So they did something in 52 days that they couldn't do for 100 years, right? over 100 years. It's, it's pretty amazing that when they came together with the right vision, the right action, uh, they had the, the right outcome. And so we're going to, we want to talk about this to wrap it up today is this, that God has a better life for you, right? Better life. Better life than you can ever, ever think of, ever dream of. That's the kind of life that God has for you. He has better plans for you. So better dream, better action, better outcome. And really what this leads to is just a better life in general overall. Um, one of the reasons that we started the Grove is because we want people to experience this better life. In fact, it's part of our purpose statement for the church. If you've never heard it, this is why we exist as a church. The Grove, we exist to reach people with the life-giving message of Jesus Christ. 
So every single Sunday, we want to help people understand that God has a, a life-giving message that wants to give them hope. We want to connect people that are unchurched, that, that don't go to church, that, are, that have maybe uh, left church. Uh, we want to help people to experience a loving God that has good plans for life. That's the first part of why we exist. We want to reach people. The second part is this, so they may experience and live the best life possible. We want people to live the best life they could possibly live on this earth. And, and the good news is you can. That is, that is the, what purpose that God set his son for, is to help us live the best life possible. In fact, when, when we get this statement, the best life possible, we really get it from uh, um, a saying that Jesus said. In John 10.10, 10, he said, the, we have an enemy who's here to steal, kill, and destroy. But, he, but Jesus says, but my purpose for coming, the reason that, that Jesus came to the earth, was that we may have life and have it to the full. He said, I have life for you. Like the life that you, better than you could ever dream of or imagine, I have this life for you. The message paraphrase says it great. He says it like this in the message translation. John 10, 10, it says, I came so they can have real and eternal life, more and better life than they ever dreamed of. So a better life than you ever dreamed of. That, that's, that's the promise Jesus is making to us. saying, if you'll follow my ways, you'll live a life better than you ever, ever dreamed of. So it's, it's a, it's a, the best life you could possibly have here on earth. That's what we define as, as, as living Jesus' way out, is the best life you could possibly have on earth. So we're going to talk about that a little bit today. We're going to try to wrap this series up, although I don't think you ever really wrap up an idea. You kind of just let it keep continuing going. We're going to give you some tools um, to hopefully help you to, to stay on uh, this path that God wants to lead you to, the better than life, uh, better than that path, where you find yourself living the best life possible. So in Jesus' day, there was all these teachers and rabbis who had these different philosophies. So they, people would come to the teacher or the rabbi, and they would say, all right, so explain to me, what's your, what's, what's your philosophy? What's your, what, what's your yoke? What do you carry? What, what, what's the bottom line? When you read the scriptures, what's what your bottom line? What's most important? And one, on one occasion, it says that a religious leader came to Jesus and said, all right, so tell us, what's the most important commandment in the Bible? Like, what does this all hang on? Why, why is it, why, what can we learn from you when it comes to the Bible? And Jesus summarizes, I'll give you a summary of the, of the whole law. Um, see, in, in the Old Testament, when God gave Moses the law, there's, there's all of these laws that he gave him, and he broke it down to ten. It summarizes all of them down to these ten. Well, Jesus takes it, and he says, I'm going to summarize it even, even further. I'm going to give you the most important and the second most important. And this is what he says. He says, this is the most important laws you should think of. If you want a summary of the Bible, it's this. Love God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. And then he adds the second part to this, and the second part is to love your neighbor as yourself. So essentially, Jesus breaks down his philosophy, his teaching into two things, love God and love people. He quotes a prayer, a famous prayer called the Shema, that, that, that every Jew would, would learn growing up. Every Jewish person would learn what, one of the first prayers they heard, first pers- prayers they memorized. And, and it's, it's a portion of Deuteronomy, and, and Jesus quotes this, this part of it and says you should love God. This is the most important thing, that you have to learn to love God. And the second part of that is to love people as yourself. And he summarized it. He just said, this is, this is the best life possible summarized. If you love God and love people, you'll find that you begin to live the best life you could possibly have. It's a very simple statement that he makes, uh, but it's not necessarily easy to follow. Uh, a, lot of, a lot of things in life that work, it's like that. They're, they're not, to, things that tend to work aren't necessarily complicated. They're just not always easy to, to follow through and to, and to do um, when it comes to life. It's just they're, they're hard, and, it, and it, it takes a consistent um, work on these things to be able to, to see good output, outcomes in our lives. Um, you know, G.K. Uh, Chesterton, he's, he's a, a famous Christian writer. Uh, he wrote this and said this. He said, the Christian ideal has not been tried and found wanting. It has been found difficult and left untried. 
his argument was, it's not that people look at the message of Jesus. It isn't, it isn't that they live it and say, yeah, that doesn't work. That's not the problem. It's, it's the, other, the fact that it can be really hard to live out, and they leave it untried because it's too difficult. And that's his summary of, of, of the Christian ideal. Is it's not that it's easy and that, and that, that, um, that it doesn't work, but rather it's, it's challenging to do on a consistent basis, and people give up. Um, one, of the, one of the reasons I think he, God made it simple for us, he tries to simplify things, is because he, he, he doesn't want us to forget what's most important. Love God and love people. Summary of, my, of, of his teachings that he did, love God and love people. And I don't, I don't think you can really truly love people without really loving God. Because I don't know about you, but there are some difficult people that we encounter in life, right? Sometimes friends, family members, and without God's help, it's almost impossible to love those people. We have to learn to love God and let, let him help us to love others. The other reason I think he made it simple is because we tend to forget or get distracted by things. When it's simple, you can always look back and say, oh, yeah, oh, yeah, am I, am I doing what he's asking me to do? Um, you know, as 2016 begins to wrap up and we, we, we enter into a new year, 2017, next month, after next month, uh, we begin to make plans for 2017, right? You start dreaming, like, what can we accomplish in 2017? What can we make better in 2017 than in 2016? You know, if you look back at this year, you, you might even, most people, it's not, we don't have a problem starting things. Typically, we have a problem with the finishing that's the, that's the bigger issue. It's not the starting, it's the finishing. It's the follow-through. In fact, when there's no follow-through, you always will have a weak outcome. And one of the things they teach you in sports, when you can't finish your follow-through, you know, golf, when you're swinging that, that club and you hit the ball, if you have a weak follow-through, the outcome is not going to be as good as it could be. In basketball, when you're shooting that ball, what do they say? You have to follow through all the way to the, to the basket. Why? Because if you stop too soon, you won't have the kind of outcome, a consistent outcome like you want to have that you should have. When you have a weak follow-through, you always have weak outcomes. So 2016, I can guarantee, if you had a weak follow-through and you didn't, you didn't finish all of your goals, it's because at some point you stopped, you're going to have a weak outcome, and you're not going to accomplish all that you wanted to accomplish. Well, 2017 could be better than that. You, you can get to a place where you have a strong finish if you implement the right things uh, to help you to, to do that. Um, so if you, if you want to have the right outcomes, you always have to focus on the right things. We told the story about uh, the rabbi who, who, who was asked, you know, who are you? What are you doing here? And he, he re- replied and said, you know what? I'll give you – I'll pay you every day to come to my house and ask me those questions. Who are you and what are you doing here? In this story, we found the, uh, the principle of, of, um, we, of, of remembering what you're trying to accomplish on a daily basis. Who are you and what are you doing here? And if you answer those questions in the way that God wants you to answer, you will stay focused on, on, on the life that he wants you to live. The problem is we begin to answer those questions all in, a, in a selfish and a personal way where it's all about me and, and everything I'm doing is for me. Um, and God is challenging us. Would you, would you look beyond that, look bigger? Um, so today I want to wrap up the series with, with just giving us one practical thing that we can do in life that would help us. Um, it, the, the flip side of this principle is if you, if you don't do this principle, um, if you do what's been taught for you for so long, it will actually lead you to kill every relationship in your, in your life. All right, killing every relationship that you have is easier than you think. All right, and I'm going to teach you that principle and really say, let's not do that one. Let's do this principle. And so it's two principles that are kind of they're against each other. They 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 work opposite of each other. Um, and and if you do the the first one that the world teaches you, and in fact a lot of your coaches told you this, parents told you this growing up. I'm going to say that's wrong, and we're going to talk about why it's wrong, and we're going to go from there. Um, but this one principle is just a tool that that can help us to be able to, to lead lives that lead to the better them outcome, where we can see healthier relationships. 
uh, where we can see uh, outcomes in, 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 our, in our workplace become better. Um, and we're going to talk about that. So it's also a principle that if, if, if you pay attention to how you respond, it's actually a great gauge to know if you're on the right path. Because um, when, you, when you respond incorrectly in this, it shows that you're actually veering off the path God has for you, and you're going in a different path. You're going in a different direction. So here's the principle I want us to walk away with. All right? Today I want you to, to, to do this. Right? Don't play fair. Don't play fair. All right? Growing up in sports, everybody heard play fair, right? Yeah, have we got it? And I see some looks like, well, that doesn't make sense. You're like, I've been told my whole life to play fair. I'm going to tell you don't play fair. And I'm going to tell you why in a second. Um, it, playing fair is giving, uh, giving others what they give you. Playing fair is, is responding the same way somebody else responds. Uh, we're going to talk about the weakness in this. See, the Old Testament um, had, had this principle that an eye for an eye and a tooth for a tooth. If you lost, if you lost a tooth, somebody knocks out a tooth, you knock out the other person's tooth. You make it fair, right? You play fair by, by making the, 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 the ground level because he knocked out your tooth, you knock out his tooth. He knocks out your eye, you knock out his eye, all right? And so the, the Old Testament, there was this teaching, and part of it was because God was trying to establish this, don't make dumb decisions because they're going to have repercussions. There's going to be an impact that comes back. You hurt somebody, they're going to be coming back to hurt you. Part of it is because there's, that's just, that's just uh, the way God, God set up the earth is, is we sow, and whatever we sow, eventually we reap those things that comes back to us. So part of it is saying, don't sow bad things. That was the bigger, I think, idea. But in it, people get so stuck in, okay, well, he knocked out my tooth, I'm going to knock out his tooth. He, he, he killed my, my, my family member, I'm going to kill his family member. Um, one, one philosopher said, if, if, if we live by that principle, eye for an eye, um, tooth for a tooth, the whole world will be blind and toothless uh, because we eventually will kill each other because we're giving back what is, what is fair. So good for good, bad for bad, that's plain fair. Um, I don't know about you, but I, I don't necessarily want good for good. I don't necessarily want bad for bad all the time. You know, the, the, the principle breaks down when somebody um, has a bad day, uh, when, when, when they don't respond in a healthy way. I'll give you, I'll give you an example. There was there's, uh, this book I read, one, one of my favorite writers, uh, Dr. Henry, Henry Cloud. He's, he's a, a Christ follower. He's also a psychologist. And uh, he wrote this book. It's called um, um, Nine Things You Simply Must Do to Succeed in Life and Love. Great book. A lot of his books are good. If you're ever looking for a great author, I recommend him. Um, but in his book, one of the books he, he wrote, he was talking about this idea of playing fair. And he said um, he had this, this, this merger. He was going to do a business deal with this man and his, it's another company. And they, they worked for, for a long time on all these different meetings to try to set up this merger and this deal. And so as they were going through it, they had all these pr- previous meetings and you know, looking at all the, the, the deeper stuff, the background things. And they were at the last meeting about to sign the paper when him and this other his, – his, his, future business partner or in this room kind of settling it, uh, they, they, they meet and they're talking. And at this one point, uh, the man says, you know, Dr. Henry, I, I like your work. I, I think you're a trustworthy person. I, th- I think it's going to be really good for both of us is this merger and this, this business deal. And he says, um, just so you know, I will, I will do you good. If you do me good, I'll do you good. But if you screw with me, it's not going to be good for you. If you mess up, you know, guarantee I'm going to come back and, and, and that. And he said the moment he said that, all that work, was just thrown out the window and they scrapped it. He says, I cannot do business with this man. Man wasn't a bad person. All the man wanted was for him to play fair. Like, if you do good, I'm going to give you good. But if you do bad, I'm going to do bad. And, and, and Henry, Henry Cloudy said this. He says, I don't want to get in relationships like that because what happens if I don't produce the, the, the results that he, that, that he wants me to produce? Um, what happens if I have an off day? So then he's going to get even. 
and he's going to make our relationship, our, our, our business go down. We're going to tank. Like, that's not a good idea. Um, and in fact, this what he said, he, he, he was explaining to, um, to somebody else why he didn't do business with this person. He says, well, he just wanted to play fair. And the person thought, well, that doesn't sound that bad. He says, no, this is what happens. The problem is that operating by the principle of playing fair, all it takes for any relationship to go sour is for one person not to perform. Then the other one will do the same. There is an interlocking dependency. The other person must be good so I can be good. So what he's saying is in this dynamic of playing fair, we need the other person to be loving if we're going to be loving. We need the other person to behave maturely if we're going to behave maturely. And here's the problem with that is no one, nobody does that all the time perfectly, right? I don't, I'm not always – in my, my marriage with, with sincerity, I'm not always perfect. Um, I mess up. I make mistakes. She makes mistakes. So if we're playing fair – Every time something happens negative and the other person responds negative, where is that going to lead to? It's not going to be good for anybody. Um, it takes only one failure to drag the whole relationship down. You know, this is what happens. Somebody says something dumb, and then what happens? You get silent treatment or you get sarcasm. Um, and then one, one uh, it's the crazy cycle we talked about a few series back, right? One person says something, the other person responds in a negative way, and then you, you see that negative response with another negative response, and you get stuck on this cycle that's called the crazy cycle because you're, well, really just plain fair. You're giving them what they gave you. And this is where the principle breaks down is um, we have to learn to stop that. In fact, when it comes to relationships, uh, the more responsible person has the greater responsibility to bring about good. In, in, my, in my house, my kids are learning how to, how to have healthy relationships. And sometimes one of the kids will start crying. They'll run in the room and say, my brother or my sister pulled my hair or hit me or whatever. And then you take them in and say, hey, what's going on? Why are you guys fighting? And the one that's crying says, well, he hit me and then, or she hit me. And then they respond by, well, he hit me first or she hit me first. And you realize, oh, they're just playing fair. Like one hit, whether it was an accident or not, the other one came back and hit back and but we're trying to break that, right? Like that's not a good philosophy to live by. Even though it's fair, it's not the best for relationships because it's a downward spiral. So we try and teach them, all right, so Joaquin's the older one. Joaquin, you're older. You should know better, right? What are we saying? You're the mature one. You're the more responsible one. You should be the more responsible one. So there's more responsibility that lies in your part than with Nova. She's a little baby, right? So we're trying to teach her. Like she's just a little baby. You don't hit back a little baby because she doesn't really know. Well, God is inviting us into this same kind of relationship. Um, he's asking us to be the mature ones here on earth. And it, it's not that he's just asking us to do something, but, but he's asking us to do something he's already done himself. God is inviting us to be like him, the more responsible person in any given circumstance. He's saying he modeled it for us, um, and, and he, he asks us to do that same thing, to make things better wherever we go. Every decision we make, every encounter we have, that we'd, we would remain the mature one. So we can't be the kind of people that are, are dependent on the maturity of somebody else. Like, I'm going to be mature only if somebody else is mature. Or I'm going to be, I'm going to be loving only if somebody else is loving. You know, I've, I've, I think you all have been to a wedding before, right? And so the couple gets up there and they exchange these vows, these wedding vows, of this is what I promise and this is what we're going to do. Um, I've never heard one that's a fair wedding vow. Like, we're going to play fair in this, in this wedding, right? This is what a, a fair one would sound like. Um, I'll be nice if you're nice, right? But if you're rude, oh, wait, wait for it. It's coming, right? Um, I'll, 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 I'll love you only as much as you'll love me, right? I'm going to give you exactly what you give me back. Those would be really bad vows. Everybody would be in the audience would be like, ah, oh, that doesn't sound good. Like, they're going to hurt each other in this wedding. It's not in this marriage. It's not a good thing. No, wedding vows aren't about playing fair. We see it even in wedding vows. It's not about playing fair. In fact, here's a traditional one. 
so that I take you for my lawful husband or wife to have to hold from this day forward for better or for worse, for richer, for poor, for sickness to health until death do us part. Those are vows that say I'm not going to play fair. I'm going to give you better than whatever comes my way. If we find ourselves in sickness, I'm still going to love you through that. That's not being fair. That's not playing fair. That is, that's playing by a different rule. That's, that's playing by I'm going to give you better than whatever came my way. But if you can imagine, so many times though, part of the problem is we operate by this principle of playing fair all the time. Well, I, I only give them back to them what they what they deserve. People get killed on the interstate because they play fair on the road. Sometimes it's an accident. Car cuts off one car. The other guy gets person gets mad because that person cut them off, and it escalates, and eventually, you know, there's road rage that's going crazy. Why? They're playing fair. When we play fair, it always leads to destruction. I'm going to read a couple of verses. Um, what, what, what I love about the Bible is the Bible gives us answers for all of these things in life that we face. Any, any circumstance you find yourself, I guarantee you the Bible has an answer for the thing that you're going, you're going through. Whatever you're facing, the Bible has the answer for you to overcome that, to be able to, to push through that. And I would encourage you this. 2017, as we get closer, I would encourage you make one of your goals – and as a church, we're going to do this, is to get healthy when it comes to, to, to um, prayer and to reading the Bible. That those two things will change everything in your life. If you'll be consistent in just praying and reading your Bible. Uh, when, we, when we gather on Sundays, being consistent in that, it helps. Uh, but it has to be more than that. It has to be what you learn to be able to have these habits in your life to, to produce something better. Um, and I love, I love the scriptures. One of the things that we try to do at the, the Grove is take something that's very simple that says, what can we take with us today to be able to live out this week? What's the challenge? And so we're going to read a couple of verses where Jesus and, and the Apostle Paul talks about not playing fair. All right? This is what Jesus says in Luke 6, 32-35. He says, if you love only those who love you, why should you get credit for that? Even sinners love those who love them. Like Everybody does that. If you do good only to those who do good to you, why should you get credit for that? Everybody does that. If you lend money to only those who can repay you, why should you get credit for that? Even sinners will lend to other sinners for a full return. But rather, love your enemies. This is where Jesus' his teachings are, are, are drastically different from a lot of other belief systems. Is Love your enemies, do good to them, lend to them without expecting to be repaid. Then your reward from heaven will be very great, and you will truly be acting as children of the Most High. For he is, the, the kind, of, he is kind to those who are, who are unthinkable. Who are unthankful, for he is kind to those who are unthankful. I am confused there. So he's saying, acting as children of the Most High. Um, I don't know what they're supposed to say there. Something different. He's saying, love, love your enemies. Don't play fair. Give better than what you get. Learn to learn to help others. I guarantee your boss. You know your your. your um, you work at, he does not want you to play fair. She does not want you to play fair. You know, playing fair would be a rude customer comes in and starts yelling, and you play fair by yelling back, right? I'm sure your boss say, no, be the mature one and don't yell back. Just, like, keep your calm and, and, and be careful. Uh, don't return rudeness with more rudeness, right? Um, in, in your organization, your company, if you want it to be better than the next year to be better than this year, you can't play fair. Uh, you, you can't only do what you get paid for. I guarantee your boss doesn't want you just to do what you get paid for. That's fair. But if you're the kind of employee that's going to make a difference wherever you go, you have to learn to give more than you're expected. Learn to give better than what people expect, better than what even you're getting paid for. Learn to be able to give more. In Romans 12, 
Paul says it like this. Paul, Paul, he says it in a different way, not plain fair. He says, do not repay anyone evil for evil. Be careful to do what is right in the eyes of, of everyone. If it is possible, as far as depends on you, live at peace with everyone. So Paul's saying, don't, don't, do, don't give back bad for bad. Like, live beyond that. Don't do that. A few verses later, he says this. Don't, do not be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good. So Paul's telling us, encourages, don't play fair. Learn to, to give good, even when, when, when evil is given to you. Give good back. Return it. What are you saying? Don't play fair. This week, don't play fair. In relationships, don't play fair. You know, I'm so grateful for my wife. She, she, she doesn't play fair. There's times where, you know, when, in a marriage, sometimes I hear this, like, you, you have to give 50-50. I'm like, that is dumb. Don't give 50-50. Like, before I was married, I would give 100%, right? Like, I'm giving 100%, doing the best I can and everything. And then I get married, and all of a sudden, now I only have to give 50%. It's like, yeah, I get to relax and sit down. That's plain fair. That's not very good. There's sometimes I can't give 100% because I'm sick. But what happens? She has to step up and pr- give more than she can. She has to, to, to fill in the gap. Sometimes she's not, not the one that can do that. And I have to step, step up and fill in the, the, the slack and, and give more. That, that's the, that's what, what, to, what a health relationship looks like. We give better than what we're getting. Because at, t- at times, in every relationship, you're going to get something that's less, less than, that's not good. And you can't respond by saying, I'm going to give that back to you. you. We can say it like this. Give others better than you were given. Be the simple way of saying don't play fair is just give others better than what you've been given. Whatever somebody gives you, give back to them something better. Learn to be the person that responds with something better. It's a simple teaching. Jesus' teachings are, but they're not always easy to do. Sometimes people do something really, really dumb, and they make you really mad. Um, but, but God is calling us to say, would you, would you help bring them to a higher level? Don't get sucked down to their level. Help, help bring them up to a healthier place of life. Give others better than what you've given. See, throughout the scriptures, the, the, the law of love, the Bible talks about the law of love, that we're supposed to live by the law of love, loving God, loving people, love others the same way. Well, the law of love is not about playing fair, but it's choosing a better way. The law of love is giving somebody something they don't deserve. And, and uh, giving others better than they deserve, we would call this grace. This is exactly what God gave us. And he says, I want you to give the same thing that I've given you. Don't give people what they deserve. Give them better. Give them more. Give them grace. Because God extends it to us and says, now would you extend it to others? So one of the things I don't want you to walk away from this thinking, though, is, is you have to get walked over by people all the time. Like, this is not the teaching. Not playing fair doesn't mean you get walked over and you let people do hurtful things to you. That is not this at all. Um, it's not letting people, it's not about enabling people to continue to do dumb behaviors that, that brings um, hurt, hurt into the relationship um, or something that's unhealthy. That's not, that's not what this is about. It's about making the relationship better. Uh, one of the ways that you can, you can answer the question is, is, should I continue to allow somebody to do this? Well, what is, what is the helpful thing to do? What is helpful in this situation? What is the life-giving thing to do? What, what will give life in this situation? Because sometimes being hard towards somebody in, in the sense of not allowing them to do something that's destructive is actually the healthy thing to do in a relationship. That's not plain fair. Plain fair is just allowing them to do what they keep doing and you, you just stay out of the way and try not to you know, get in the way. But plain, not playing fair would be, I'm, I'm going to help you be healthy in this situation. and not get, What is helpful? What is helpful in this situation? If somebody is, is, is dependent on you, codependent, and uh, they want to keep doing their things, what's the healthy thing for you to do to step up and say, no, this, this is not, we have to establish boundaries so you can become healthy. There's a difference between getting walked on and giving others better than what they deserve. 
We have to learn not to let people be unhealthy. Giving people better is helping them become a healthy person individually. I think all of us would want to be that kind of people that let, when we're in any, any relationship, we're going to try to help somebody become better than they already are. So what's the helpful thing to do in this situation? All right, somebody just said something to me. It really made me really mad. My blood is boiling at this moment. Um, how can I respond? What's going to be helpful in this situation? What's going to be the, the life-giving thing to do? You know, in, in his book, uh, Nine, Things, Nine Things You Simply Must Do, Henry Cloud says this. He says, it's not good to water a plant that you don't want or to fuel a fire that can burn you. Don't water a plant that you don't want and don't fuel a fire that will burn you. Don't feed the bad, destructive things, but instead sow the exact opposite. Don't let others get away with hurting you. That's not good for anybody, but avoid giving back bad for bad. Because when we give back bad for bad, everybody loses. You know, this, this principle of not playing fair, it's really learning how to operate in the opposite spirit or whatever the other person is coming at you with. See, we talk about the enemy. In the, in the first three, we, we talked about how um, Jesus, when Adam and Eve encountered the enemy, the enemy used deceit and lies to trick them into doing negative and, and wrong. The enemy came to Jesus and tried to do the same thing by tricking him and deceiving him and testing him. But Jesus responded by, by answering with the truth, always with the truth. Uh, the interesting thing is two of the, his statements that, that, he, that he quoted, to, that he said to the enemy to combat the temptation was found in that prayer that we talked about, loving God, loving, loving people, or loving, loving God with all your heart, the Shema. He quotes two parts of that to combat the enemy's um, uh, way to, to, to get in and mess him up because the enemy comes in a specific way, and it's always, it's, you can always recognize that spirit. If it's a spirit of anger, a lot of times it's really easy to understand that what we're supposed to operate in is a spirit of peace and love and joy, the opposite of that. When somebody comes in in, in, in one way, whatever that spirit is, the negative, we respond in the opposite. We don't continue to fuel anything that's going to that's gonna escalate into something worse, but operate in the opposite of that. You know, in your life, if you're getting negative outcomes and you have a lot of negative thinking, you have to learn to operate in the opposite, opposite of that. How can I begin to get things in me that, that are going to help me to have positive things in, that I think about? The Bible, the Bible tells us that if we want to overcome those things, we have to learn to, to let God help us with this. So, so learn to, to op, operate in the opposite of that. So, so here's our challenge for today. All right? Our challenge for today and this week is this. Don't play fair. You're going to have a ton of opportunities, I guarantee, a ton of them. Maybe, maybe before you even leave and get to the restaurant, you might have an opportunity to, to not play fair. Because here's the thing, something's going to happen, somebody's going to say something, somebody's going to do something, and you have the, the responsibility to choose your response to say, am I going to pl- give them what they gave me, or am I going to give them something better? You know, you, you're, you're a waiter, a waitress might not be very good today. Are you going to be fair and give them, you know, what they deserve, or are you going to represent God and say, you know, I want to be loving and kind and gracious, and maybe, you know, write a note saying, hope you have a better day or something. How can you, how can you do something not to play fair? And ask yourself this question every situation. What is helpful in this situation? Somebody just texted me. I don't really understand this text. It looks really negative and bad. I can blast them back. Or somebody just push, posted a Facebook post I don't like. I'm going to go respond. What's the helpful thing in this situation? How can we do things that will not play fair? This is my challenge. This week, don't play fair. And you'll have a ton of opportunities. Um, as we wrap up this message today, every, every week we write a scripture from Timothy. Now, it's not a political message, but it's helping us to respond in a healthy way when it comes to politics, when it comes to um, our, our position as, as, as Christians, as Christ followers, how we should respond in every given situation. 
Well, we said before we started this, no matter what happened during the election, what, what, no matter what transpires after, we have a responsibility as Christ followers to be able to respond in a healthy way. And Paul tells us how we should respond. Uh, Peter tells us how we should respond. The apostles would tell the, the early church, make sure you pray for your leaders. And the leaders they were talking about were the leaders that were killing them in horrible ways. Wait, you're telling me to pray for the guy that just killed my cousin and my family? Yes, pray for that leader. Pray for those leaders. And, and Paul's telling Timothy, who's a pastor in Ephesus, he says this in First Timothy, and we'll close our, show, our message with this today. I urge you, first of all, to pray for all people. Ask God to help them. Intercede on their behalf. Give thanks for them. Essentially, don't play fair. Give something better. Create something better in this. Pray this way for kings and all who are in authority so we can live peaceful and quiet lives marked by godliness and dignity. This is good and pleases God our Savior who wants everyone to be saved and to understand the truth. Part of why we, want, we exist as a church is we, want, we understand that he, God wants everyone to be saved and understand the truth. For there is one God and one mediator who can reconcile God and humanity. The man Christ Jesus, he gave his life to purchase freedom for everyone. This is the message God gave to the world at just the right time. The thing I love about God is that he's always the kind of God that is just the right time kind of God. Like he wants better for you and he'll always help you at just the right time. And when we find ourselves in circumstances and situations we don't like, just trust that at just the right time God will show up. He wants to help us. He wants us to know um, him as, 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 as a loving father, as a good God. And he invites us into that. It says that he came to be one mediator between us and God. See, the Bible says that because of sin, because of our fallen nature as humans, that we have separated ourselves from God. That, he's, he, that we're, we're, we're no longer, our relationship with him is cut off. That we're, we're essentially dead because of sin. It brings death. But he loves us so much that he sent his son to give us a way back to be our mediator. To be the one that stands in the gap for us. See, see giving somebody something they don't deserve, we call that grace, right? God extends grace to us and says, I give you grace. I'll, I'll be your substitute. Like you deserve uh, your, your penalty, your punishment for whatever decisions you made. But if you choose me, I'll stand in the gap for you. I'll be your substitution. I'll stand there. I'll be the one that, that can take that for you. And that's why God sent Jesus, to be a way for us to get back to God, to have healthy relationships. He was the mature one that says, I'm going to give better than what you're giving. I'm, gonna, I'm not going to play fair. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to help you. See, here's the thing with God. He's not a fair God. He's a just God. He, gives, he, he makes sure justice happens all the time. Not fair because he gives some people more than others because of their skills and their talents. He allows things to happen to, to, because of the, 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 how, how sin works and the consequences of those. But in the middle of it, he says, but I'll, I'm a just guy. I'll give justice. And for those that want to stand before him by themselves, he allows that. Like if you want, you want to let your good works and everything you've done in your life be enough to stand before him that, that day after you're done here on earth, people choose that. And I'll just tell you if, you, if you choose that, you lose because it's not enough to be able to get you in. It's not enough to be able to give you right standing with God. No matter how much you give, no matter how much you pray, no matter how much good things you do, the only answer, he says, is by, letting, by accepting my son's sacrifice, sacrifice in your place. And that's why we exist as a church. And there's people here today, as we talk about not playing fair, he's inviting you to be this kind of people that say, you know, I want to learn to be this kind of person on the earth. I want, I want God to show me and lead me in this, in this way. Do me a favor. Would you close your eyes and bow your heads today as we, as we end service? 
some of you are here today and maybe you haven't come to church for a long time. Maybe you, um, yeah, whatever, you find yourselves in situations you don't like, circumstances you don't like. Today, God wants to, wants to extend an invitation to you to be part of his family. And it says in Timothy, says he, he wants everybody to save, be saved and come to the, the truth. And today, God is calling you and saying, I want you to be a part of my family. It's not an accident you came today. God has a good plans for your life. He's drawing. He's, he's calling you. You might even sense it as you came in, like there's something special about today. There's something that God wants to do in my life. We gave you some tools to be able to make a difference in your life. But can I tell you, there's something even greater than that. That's accepting God's leadership in your life. Allowing him to lead you through the hard times and the good times. And if you're here today and you would, you would like to say, I, I want God to lead me. I need God's help. Would you do me a favor and would you raise your hand? Awesome. I'm not going to call you the front. I'm just going to pray with you in your seat there. Awesome. See your hands. God, I need your help. I want you to lead. Some of you have been playing fair for too long and God is inviting you and saying, would you, you, know, would you follow my lead, my example, and learn to love others, care for others, help others? Anybody else? Say you'd like to say, I need God's help. Awesome. Probably you pray, raise your hands. Uh, I'm going to lead you in a prayer. It's a, just a simple invitation of, of inviting relationship with God, saying, God, forgive me of my, my past, my sins, my mistakes. I invite you to lead me today. So if you raise your hand and, and, and you know, just repeat this prayer after me, uh, for those that are Christians in this room, would you join us in praying? They're not praying alone. Just say this. Say, Father God, today I acknowledge that I need your help. I am lost without you. Forgive me of my past, my sin, my poor choices. Today, I ask for your help. I believe you died on that cross for me, for my sins, so that I can have a way back to you. I believe you're alive today, that you want to lead me Would you do that today? Help me to get on the right path. Help me to follow your example. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Can we celebrate all those that raised their hand today? So so proud of you guys. If you're here today and you need some resources, we have some free resources for you. We we know that God has good plans for your life and we want to connect uh, we want to connect you to those plans. If you don't have a Bible, we have a free Bible on the way out. Make sure you pick one up. Uh, the, the verses I read today, they're in there. I would encourage you, 2017, would you uh, begin to um, make this a, a habit in your life that you'd begin to read? There's some great apps for phones and stuff like that. You can get more into the Bible and learn. There's also another book. It's called 10 Steps Towards Christ. If you need a resource to help you on this journey, today, all of you that prayed that prayer, you took that first step towards God. Um, he's, he's now asking you, would you take another step? And there's other steps that follow that after uh, next month, we're doing water baptism. That's another step we're supposed to take. But today, you took that first step. Uh, make sure you pick up a book if you need, you need some resource and help to just know this, this journey that God is calling on to keep moving forward. Uh, also, fill out that card. Let us know that you, you prayed today. I'll send you a letter just letting you know some next steps and next things you can do to, to continue on this journey of, of letting God lead. Um, so we're, we're glad you prayed that today. And for all you that came, if you ever have a need that you come with, uh, let us know either on the bottom of that card. There's a prayer place to put your prayer needs. Let us know so we can pray for you through the week. 
um, or stay back behind and we'll, we'll talk after and pray with you before you leave. We, don't, we, don't, we want you to make sure that you talk to somebody whenever you need to talk to somebody. And we make ourselves available. Our team, myself, I'd uh, love to meet you and answer any questions you have. Um, so we, we, we are just grateful you came today. Uh, we're going we're gonna to end service with a, an opportunity for us to give in the offering. Uh, if you're a guest, don't feel obligated to give. This is a time for, for those that say this is my church. I want to see the Grove continue to make an impact in Santa Fe. This is a time we can give. Uh, a lot of you give online. I want to say thank you for that. Um, I'm going to show a video at the end of this. Um, it's, it's just really to inspire and encourage us to get ready for something we do every year. Um, beginning of December, we're going to receive an offering. It's a special offering called, called We Are Generous. Uh, we, we like to do this where we, we receive an offering that, that goes specifically away from our church to help, um, help, help people that need it, uh, help the poor, help uh, nonprofits that are doing a good work in our city, help, help uh, organizations around the world that are feeding the orphans and feeding uh, the poor around that are hungry. And so we're going to be receiving this offering. And the reason I bring it up is because I want you to prepare for that. Uh, we don't ever want to pressure anybody to give. In fact, when it comes to giving, you, you'll notice we don't put a lot of pressure on there. All we ask is this. You ask God what he wants you to do, and you respond. And we're okay with that because we know God will always lead us to the place to, to be healthy in our life when it comes to finances. Just trust him for that. And we're going to show a video in a second, and we'll just we'll, it'll prepare us for that. Uh, but I just want to say thank you for all of you that, that give on a, on, a, on a consistent basis. A lot of you guys give online. Thank you. Uh, last year, we did the We Are Generous offering. And part of that, we gave around $2,000 to, to, uh, to a couple different things, but one of those was teachers. We blessed teachers last year. Uh, this year, we want to give some to a nonprofit called Feed One that feeds uh, kids all around the world. And only $10 a day for uh, $10 a month for a kid to be fed and get education. So we want to partner with them and help them to do more good uh, on this, in this world. Uh, what was great is last, this last year, we created an online category called We Are Generous. Um, and what came in last year in our offering has already been tripled because of the We Are Generous tab on our online giving, which is cool. Um, and then we're going to receive in December another part of that so we can, we can, we can send uh, just, just bless people, organizations of people that are doing good for, for the kingdom of God. And so just thank you for being faithful. That's, that, the whole point of all this is just saying thank you for, for being a part of this and you're making a difference and we're seeing people uh, come to Christ every week and we love it. So uh, let's pray, show a video. I'll come back up and dismiss you. All right. God, thank you for today. We just, um, we're so grateful uh, that you do not play fair, God, but you give us better than we deserve. And Lord, today I pray for those that came that were needing better than what they've been getting. That they'll walk out these doors, Lord, with the tools and even excitement of knowing that you have a better week for them than even they thought. God, give, help us to be able to respond, Lord God, in a healthy way, that we would not miss what you're doing in our lives, God, uh, that we would always partner with you. Thank you for all those that give faithfully, Lord God, to see the, uh, the Grove impact and, and make an impact in Santa Fe and in our world. And God, just give us favor as we continue to accomplish what you want us to accomplish. And we're so grateful for all that you do. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Ushers are going to pass the buckets from left to your right. Uh, video will be on, and then we'll dismiss you to have the rest of your Sunday.